This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Nurturing the relationships in our lives is a good way to be happier overall. And yes, that is backed by science. So today we're talking about a few different ways to make our relationships, old and new, stronger. Now, in a few minutes, we will hear some relationship advice from a therapist. If you are looking for some relationship advice yourself, or if you have a nugget of relationship advice that you want to share with us, you can give us a call right now at 866-915-WBEZ. That number, once again, is 866-915-WBEZ. We are joined now by Thomas Bateman, who is a therapist at the Center for Relationship Counseling, for some nuggets of wisdom for all you love bugs out there. Welcome to the show, Thomas. Thank you so much. So tell us, first of all, how you would define a successful relationship. Mm. Oh, wow. That's a definitely big one right off the bat. <laughs> I would say, um, you know, that a successful relationship really involves myriad factors um, and that one thing that I find in my line of work, I'm a marriage and family therapist professionally, is that it really looks a lot of ways for different people. Yeah. Um, so one of the best ways that I think I've kind of heard that put in a nutshell is the idea that intimacy is a co-creation between two or more people. And that the couples and relationships that I see doing the best, that they've really figured out what intimacy means to them and how to practice it on a regular basis and definitely to treat it as, you know, skills and something in mm -hmm. constant need of, you know, maintenance and care and love and thoughtfulness. And yeah, you can go a lot of places from there. Yeah. <laughs> well, does the goal have to be something long term? I think that's the big question, mm -hmm. right? Or something monogamous that sure. ends in marriage. Is, is that happily ever after that picture that we all saw growing up? Like, is that the goal anymore? Hmm. Yeah, that definitely big, big question. I would say that, honestly, for many people, it, it very much is a goal, um, at least a long-term relationship, and that more and more people are figuring out ways to learn relationally and have relationships that are super fulfilling to them that are not long-term. Um, as for monogamy, I would say that that definitely really a changing world out there as well. Um, and I, I work with a lot of non-monogamous clients okay. and find, um, again, really depends on the person, but people having a lot of success, really having like such meaningful, caring relationships and being incredibly brave um, in terms of trying new things that maybe there aren't models for, uh, or at least, you know, common cultural models in the happily ever ending way, um, and kind of making the relationships from scratch. Yeah. Well, in a couple moments, we're going to talk to uh, someone who's going to tell us a little bit more about some speed dating happening okay. here in, yeah. in the city. But I'm curious what you think of that approach, Thomas, speed dating. Mm. Yeah, I think that speed dating is something that I think that more people probably could used to be open to because I think that so much of, you know, dating these days is very much uh, mediated through screens and technology and that there really is nothing like being face to face with someone. Um, yeah. So I think that, that that's exciting and I'm happy that there are more opportunities, especially, you know, as, as we move into kind of like later phases of the pandemic, more normalcy, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. A reminder to folks listening, if you want some advice we have, well, I shouldn't say we, Thomas <laughs> might have some advice for you. Our number, our number is 866-915-WBEZ. Again, if you want to reach out, it's 866-915-WBEZ. But let's 
uh, transition now to a quick date with one Chicagoan who's running inclusive speed dating events in the city. We're joined now by Katie Conaway, who's the founder of Hot Potato Hearts. Hi, Katie. Welcome to Reset. Hi. Hi, how you doing? Doing well. Thank you so much for, for joining. My first question for you, because I thought that this didn't exist anymore. Why speed dating? Um, because it's so hard to read someone's energy through an app. And I got so tired of having conversations with people for days through a screen and then meeting them and being like, oh, this was never going to work. But I had no way to tell because I hadn't interacted with their energy yet. So I didn't know if we were compatible in that way. And so with speed dating, you get to meet someone right and right, like face to face and know if you have that spark instantly. Um, And then you also... It also gives you more of a clarification of, like, what the spark means. Because, like, sometimes it's a friendship spark, and sometimes it's a romantic spark. Um, And so it really helps you clarify what your relationship with this person would be like when you get to meet them face-to-face. I think you're using some key words there, Katie. Spark and energy. I love the word energy, and I think what you said makes so much sense. So why don't you give us some advice here? What are the best questions? If we are on a speed date, right, what are some of the best questions that we can ask someone? Okay, I think that the best questions to ask people are not not the, like, go-to questions. I never ask people what they do for a living or what they like to do in their free time. I try to take something that I know is an interest to me and turn to a question that well, tell me something about the person I'm interacting with and if we are compatible in that way. So, like, I'm, uh, me personally, I'm a really big cook. Okay. So I'll ask people what the last meal they prepared that they're really proud of was. And then it will lead us to this whole conversation of where we're talking about food and passion and all these other things rather than just talking about what they do nine to five, you know? Right. And telling me more about who they are as a person. So I try to pick something that's specific to me and then turn it into a question that hopefully we can interact and bond over together. Yeah, no, that's that's great advice. And tonight you have an event at the California Clipper in Humboldt Park, right? Yes, I do. I have a speed dating event uh, at the Clipper tonight. That one is all sold out, um, but I tend to host about... Uh, Three speed dating events a month now. Oh, great! So, where should folks yeah. where should folks go to find more information about your next event? You can find more information about my events um, on Instagram, and the Instagram handle is Hot Potato Hearts Hot Potato. Okay. Um, you can also <laughs> find me on Eventbrite if you just search Hot Potato Hearts. My events will come up, and I have my full winter and spring lineup posted to Eventbrite right now. So you can see um, tickets to all of my events. And I host speed dating events, but then I also host a dating show. And then I host um, a trivia night. And I also try to host community events where we're focusing more on friendship rather than romantic love to just help people build stronger communities and relationships within their life. Oh, that's wonderful. Sounds like so much fun. Katie Conway is the founder of Hot Potato Hearts. You can find more information about her event tonight and future speed dating events on Instagram. She's at Hot Potato Hearts Hot Potato. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Have a great day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day.
Still with us is Thomas Bateman, who's a therapist at the Center for Relationship Counseling. He's here to give some nuggets of wisdom for all you love bugs out there. And all right, looks like we already have some callers. So why don't we just jump right to the phones? What do you say? Sounds good. (laughs) All right. First up is Gina in Riverside. Hey, Gina. Happy Valentine's Day. Hi. Hi. Same to you. What's your question? So I didn't have a question. I had a comment. Okay. And um, so I have been in a dream come true relationship for the past 22 years. I feel very lucky. And uh, as everyone knows, they're relationships are hard work if you want to make them work and there are ebbs and flows and there are peaks and valleys so I have a um a a little kind of technique that I do that's called uh seeing having you know having your partner see you from across the room in other words uh if there's a relationship and there's you know kind of um we're not gelling or we're not connecting properly, I always try to look at myself first and look and see why I'm unhappy, if there's something in me. And in working in myself and kind of like um, expressing and finding my own happiness, Mm -hmm. I find that when you are anywhere really out of the park, be across the living room, if you're shining in your own happiness often shows your partner what it was that they fell in love with you uh, ah. in the first place for. So it allows them to see you without, you know, with, with, with like own element in your right. own happiness to see you from across the room. Thank you, Gina. That's some great advice. Thomas, what do you think about that? She says, let your partner see you from across the room when you're in your element. Yeah. So they can fall in love with you again. Yeah. That's love, so sweet. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I love kind of the simplicity of it and the way that that, that really gives someone, um, you know, a sense of control um, of, you know, how they're doing. And that I think oftentimes in love, it can feel so much like, oh, I'm just dependent on the other person. And I love this sort of simple, again, bringing it back into oneself and, and shining from there. Yeah. Well, talk to us about some qualities that you notice in the most successful couples that you see. Yeah. So I think maybe I'll return to something that I had mentioned a little bit earlier, which is, um, again, people treating love as a set of of skills that they're actively practicing. Um, I know for me personally, when when I was younger, that I sort of very much felt like love should be, you know, an instinctive thing, something that, you know, I knew and I would just automatically behave wonderfully and the other person would behave wonderfully back to me. And... um, I think that, that, yeah, getting older, that I, I see people who have wonderful relationships that started with that type of, type of spark. And as they've gone along, um, you know, have really figured out how, how to kind of get their systems in place mm-hmm. and work on things regularly. Yeah, that's that's great advice. Let's jump back to the phones. Here's Ryan in Lincoln Park. Hey, Ryan. Welcome to Reset. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, just a quick question for Thomas there. So, my wife and I have been married for four years, and we have two children, a three-year-old and a nine-month-old. Congratulations. And, you know, prior, thanks so much. Prior to, um, you know, the pandemic and the volatility of the market nowadays and inflation, you know, it was really nice to be able to treat her to things like a couple vacations a year or, you know, a carry-out, going out to a dinner. 
but just, you know, finding everything hitting the pocket a lot harder. And the finances, of course, you know, they, they always just uh, bum, bum us out a little bit. And I was just yeah. wondering if you had any advice on that kind of thing, you know, while we get through these kind of hard times and, and such. I appreciate you taking my call. Absolutely. Good question, Ryan. Yeah, no, excellent question, and I think that one that many, many people are facing. Yeah, affordable and, ways to treat your partner right now. What do you say? Yeah, um, well, I mean, I would certainly say that that's a little easier in the warm weather in Chicago. Um, just sort of infinite, um, wonderful free outdoor things to do. Right. And I think that, you know, it's very much about kind of keeping it for, um, in a team perspective and, um, you know, kind of... You know, we're we're a team of two people and a family who are who are trying to to figure out how to do things. And um, oftentimes, I will find really lovely, well-intentioned people actually being a little bit surprised about what their partner's priorities are, and mm. that they can get so used to each other in long-term relationships that it's easy to do what I call mind reading, which is again just assuming like, oh yeah, I absolutely. Oh, she's know. gonna love this bracelet. Let yep. me get this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, or or. Conversely, like, oh, this doesn't really matter to her, something like that. Ah. So I think that just having a little bit of a check-in and just seeing, you know, what what is feeling like it would matter the most right now? Where are you maybe feeling a bit of an absence and then um, kind of or, or you know, w- what's going well? And thinking about how, how to approach that and kind of maximize um, those things a bit more, you know, and then kind of take the financial approach from there. Yeah. A reminder, if you're listening out there, we want to hear from you. If you are looking for some relationship advice or if you have some relationship advice, maybe you you are in a successful relationship, something that makes you really happy and you've got some advice that you'd like to share with the rest of the room, call us now, 866-915-WBEZ. Again, that number is 866-915-WBEZ. Thomas, what dating advice do you wish that you heard when you were younger? Mm. Okay, so I guess, wow. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm definitely coming at this um, from my perspective as a gay man. And I think that, you know, I grew up in small town Iowa, went to college in Iowa, and was just, you know, dying to get somewhere a little bit more urban. Um, And, you know, moved to Chicago when I was 23. Mm -hmm. And actually, honestly, probably spent my first three or four years here primarily focused on, you know, dating, relationships, intimacy, stuff like that. And at the time, I felt like I was maybe doing that at the expense of, you know, career, progress, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And I would say that I was actually doing exactly what I needed to be doing. And I wish I could tell my younger self that, Uh. um, that... I, you know, had had not been able to get relationship practice and skills and just experience in in you know pretty normative ways that straight people had had more access to. Mm-hmm. And I think that this, you know, certainly isn't just true for LGBTQI plus people. You know, there are a lot of ways that people find themselves not able to get relationship practice that they would like to when they're younger. Mm-hmm. And and I think that putting that as a first priority. And trusting that once you get a you know gain some skills and perspective there that the rest will follow, um, yeah, is really true for a lot of people. And I wish that I'd known that when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, no, I I definitely agree uh, with you. You know, as, as someone who uh, engages in heterosexual relationships, it's the same. Sure. I can totally relate. And and I, I I think if I think back to my younger self, I would say you know 
not to take things so seriously. I was yep. I was so much on an agenda and it's like I had to have kids by this age, I had to be yep. married by this age, and all these things had to be lined up and perfect yeah. and it's so like easy well to no. Feel that way. <laughs> Actually, those plans probably won't come true yep. <laughs> just yep. in in the way that you've you've set them out. It's already designed and just live your life and yep. it'll sort of fall into place when it's supposed to happen. You can't yep. make it happen when you want it to to happen you certainly cannot (laughs) (laughs) um how much do you think that dating culture has changed in recent years Mm -hmm. i think that pandemic and technology are probably the two things that have changed dating culture the most um yeah so so i would say quite quite a bit and that it you know this is somewhat anecdotal but as far as i can tell people are really kind of getting back on their feet in terms of like what does feel like a good way to go on a date how do i meet people right um that so many people got used to not doing the things that would have kind of in secondary and tertiary ways exposed them to new people yeah i mean people can't even tell if someone's flirting with them anymore (laughs) it's hard to tell it's like are they looking at something else or were they giving me the eye (laughs) it's it's confusing now right because we're so used to the apps yeah absolutely absolutely um and yeah so i would say there that a lot of people have also you know maybe in being a little rusty kind of lost a sharper sense of what they want in terms of an actual dating process Mm. so i would say that it strikes me that a lot of people are kind of hoping that other people will take initiative, will kind of be able to sweep them off their feet or dazzle them or stuff like that. No such thing. And I think, you know, more than ever now, we are collectively a bit socially out of practice. Prince Charming is not coming to save you. Sorry. He he spent, you know, two years in in quarantine or partial at least. And he's a little awkward now too. And that, you know, maybe go ahead and ask him for what you want in, you know, a direct Absolutely. and fair way. Shoot your shot. Yep. All right, let's squeeze in one more caller. Here's Stacy. Right. Hi, Stacy. Hi there. Welcome to Reset. What's your question for Thomas? Well, my question for Thomas is when is it time to leave? Because uh, I'm in a relationship. Years. It's been tough. Uh, I gave him a photo of us for Valentine's Day, and he said, men age much better than women. And I'm just saying, gosh, when is it time to just tap out and say I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry that it's it's so tough, Stacy. But yeah, uh, quick advice. Uh, we've got just a minute here, Thomas. Okay. What would you say? When is it time to go? Yeah. Ooh, that can be a tough thing. I will tell my clients that I hold a certain principle about this, which is let it go one step too far. That almost, there's no roadmap for the exact right time to leave. But most of us can tell when we've just kind of had one hurt too far one a bit in whatever it might be and then maybe two steps you know again let yourself get enough information but once once you're kind of consistently feeling like that hurt a little bit past the point um essentially that it feels like you're swimming upstream more than that you know the stream is carrying you Mm. and that that's going on consistently that's that's when i would say yeah that's when i would say that it can be time yeah. to, you know, cut things or at least have have a really serious conversation. About yes, it. I hope that helps, Stacy. But I, I also feel like you you know the answer to that question. Thanks for calling. Thomas Bateman is a relationship-focused therapist at the Center for Relationship Counseling. Thank you so much for joining us, and happy Valentine's Day to you. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day to you. 